welcome to Season 2 of Busting Addiction and Its Myths, sponsored by Safe House Rehab Thailand, where we offer a modern approach to recovery, breaking with tradition by introducing new technologies that help disrupt the cycle of addiction. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com and click on the video, or contact us at info at safehouserehab.com, and we'll tell you about our $1,000 airfare allowance and referral rewards program. My name is Bruno J. And here's why I created this podcast. Our research has shown that despite the opioid epidemic and the worldwide panic over the ravages of addiction, we didn't see that treatment centers were doing anything different to break the cycle more effectively and improve the odds of long-term success. So we have set out to do things differently and to let all those who love an addict or alcoholic know more about the advances in treatment that we represent. Here's what we're doing differently. We have designed our diagnostics and detox to isolate and treat opioid and multi-addiction, example, alcohol plus opioids plus speed, more effectively, given that these are the new challenges of addiction in the 21st century. We integrate leading-edge technology into the recovering process, thereby disrupting the disorder, speeding the recovery of brain health. Clients come to treatment with damaged brains. This is a given. We pay attention to the importance of dopamine and other ingredients vital to brain health recovery. Traditional rehabs don't provide anywhere near the tools and close guidance that clients truly need to help keep them clean and sober for life. We do it right. First, we advise our clients to go into our sober living facility to serve as a transition to normal life, and we absolutely outperform traditional rehabs when it comes to providing a structure for long-term recovery. So if you love an addict or alcoholic and you feel like your loved one is sucking the oxygen out of your life, is stealing your money, stealing your peace of mind and your sanity, this podcast is for you. If you're feeling rage and shame and and he or she is living rent-free in your head 24-7, this podcast is for you. I hope to have you gain a better understanding of the nature of addictive disorder and the invisible effect it has on your psyche. It's my fervent hope you also gain a little more compassion for your loved one and for yourself in spite of this cunning, baffling, and powerful disease. To paraphrase an author in this space, we struggle because we love. Let's call this episode number 10 of season 2, Codependency Happens When You're Not Looking. By now, and we're recording this in March 2020, I'm sure you've heard enough about staying safe in an unsafe world, about protecting yourself from others and protecting others from you. Many people don't think that they themselves could be a threat to others, but that's the other side of the coin. What I wish to talk to you about today is what is often at the center of family dysfunction when alcohol or drug addiction is ripping through the family like a runaway freight train. We're talking about codependency, and if you're new to the concept, codependency is excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner, a parent, or child who requires support on account of an illness or addiction. The tie that binds most of us together in this trap of addiction is called codependency. 99% of people caught up in addictive disorder in their own families are totally unaware that they have slowly but surely been sucked into a punishing whirlpool of negative emotion and destructive behavior. The actions taken by 99% of people who are codependent as a result of another's addictive disorder are well-meaning, but woefully misguided. Where they thought they were helping, they were really enabling. 
where they thought they were controlling, they were being controlled. And where they thought they were seeing signs of improvement, uh, they were more than likely being fooled by a slick addict whose stock and trade is lying. Much of what we call codependency happens because we don't feel safe in relationships. This feeling of not being safe, this anxiety, causes us to control, obsessively focus on the other person while neglecting ourselves or shutting down our own feelings. I heard this expressed more than once years ago in the recovery group I joined because of my codependency at the time. A typical comment was this, and I quote, I don't even know what I'm feeling now. What happened was this. The fear became too intense, the resentment became too strong, and the despair became too depressing. Therefore, one answer is not to feel anything at all. Psychiatrists will tell you that when people suppress, or what we call stuff their feelings, they are setting themselves up for a complete breakdown, or in some cases, these same people turn to drugs and alcohol because the effort to stuff those intense feelings is too much to bear, and the, became, and the pain becomes overpowering, which also explains how some, but not all people, become addicts and alcoholics. The pain is just too great. Codependency means that we are chained to the emotional state of our beloved addict alcoholic. We're only up when he is up, and we're down when he is down. We don't have an emotional life of our own. We don't even pay attention to our feelings. To quote a woman whose story appears in Melody Beatty's book, Codependent No More, quote, if my husband is happy, I feel I'm responsible for that, that I'm happy. If he's upset, I feel responsible for that too. I'm anxious and comfortable and upset until he feels better. I try to make him feel better. I feel guilty if I can't, and he gets angry with me for even trying. She has yet to learn how to swim in her own lane, even as she and her husband and children, for that matter, share the same pool. Codependency is about lane violations. It's actually worse because our codependent doesn't even know she has her own lane and makes the other guy's lane her lane. She believes his agenda is her agenda or that her agenda has to be his. She really has no agenda of her own. Let's go back to a fundamental premise that addiction and alcoholism is rec recognized as a family disease. The whole family, by trying to control, by worrying, by becoming resentful, and by being haunted by fear, that is, not feeling in the least bit safe and comfortable, has become sick without their knowledge, without their permission. I've said this before in my podcast, that the family is dancing with the devil, the disease, but doesn't see the dance for what it is. So let's go right to the heart of the matter. The very first step of the Al-Anon program, Al-Anon is a 12-step program for family members who have an active alcoholic in their family. It says this, We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, and our lives had become unmanageable. So think about that. Family members are as powerless over alcohol as is the alcoholic himself. That certainly smashes any illusion you might have entertained that you had any power to alter the course of the disease or to change the behavior of the alcoholic in any fundamental way. Now, if you choose to believe that you have some control over his addiction or alcoholism, be prepared to be disappointed. That's a simple but hard truth. It might even sound heartless, but then again, this is a heartless disease. To admit defeat for most people is really unthinkable. We are taught by our society that if you don't succeed, try, try again. We are encouraged to overcome, to win, to fight for what we believe in or for what we want or what you need. 
There's even that moral trope says, fight for what is right. Now that idea makes sense most of the time, but not in this case. To make any progress in dealing with the effects of this disease, you have to throw away your rule book and start over. You have to start thinking differently. And the hardest thing to change is to change the way we think. That's where it starts. Another way to look at codependency from a treatment perspective comes from Minnesota, the home of the Hazleton Treatment Center, also a research and publishing house, and the Betty Ford Center, which merged with Hazleton a while ago. And that was this. Codependents were people whose lives had become unmanageable as a result of living in a committed relationship with an alcoholic. How could anyone feel safe, be happy, be contented, live in the day, not worry about tomorrow, live without fear? Could I please God be normal again is all I ask. That's what we hear sometimes. How could that be when I have an alcoholic addict creating destructive chaos in my home and in my heart? One thing that surprises people, and the majority of these people are women, when they walk into a recovery meeting or begin a conversation with a qualified addictions counselor, is that she is not there to understand her spouse better so that she can help him control or quit his drinking or quit his abuse of dope in whatever form. She is there to start working on herself. That's the surprise. This is not about her alcoholic or her addict. Here's a sign on the Al-Anon wall in case you haven't heard this part. You didn't cause it, you can't control it, and you can't cure it. The it is addiction or alcoholism, but it could just as easily be chaos or pain. She will be taught about the art of a loving detachment. This is about finding some peace for herself, whether her spouse is in recovery or still drinking and using. This is about coming into the light, having abided by the unwritten, silent rules that typically develop in the family upon the unwanted arrival of addictive disease. These rules, according to Melody Beatty, prohibit discussion about problems, they discourage open expression of feelings, they suppress honest communication, and they also make it impossible to hold realistic expectations, such as being human, being vulnerable, or being imperfect. The family dynamic is frozen and rigid. The truism that expresses the rules for family members is don't talk, don't trust, and don't feel. Coming into the light means the woman of whom we speak, the long-suffering wife of the alcoholic, begins to see options that she never saw before. With the help of a therapist skilled in addictive disorder and with the help of her sponsor in Al-Anon, and by sharing her experience with other people in the same boat, she stops blaming her husband, stops resenting him, and starts to hold herself accountable for her own growth as a human being. One barrier for those who embark on this journey is the concept of surrender as the price of admission into a new life and a different way of being. Then there is the resistance to the idea of a higher power. I often ask those in the grip of addictive disorder whether or not uh, they have a family member uh, who is an addict or whether they're addicts themselves, they ask them the following questions. Didn't your best thinking get you here? Now look at it this way. How about you surrender your old way of thinking and begin to believe in a bigger and better idea? The concept stated that way makes the idea of surrender and a higher power a lot more palatable. Oh, it does sound more intellectual, which is what we like. Being appealed to as smart people is flattering and often more compelling than the truth spoken in plainer terms. But the truth it is. 
In time, our friend will discover that there is victory and surrender of our old ideas and liberation in the rigor by which we practice simple principles of honesty and kindness. She will also be able to summon the courage that comes with the willingness to believe. And as she begins to become the person she was meant to be, she'll suddenly realize that her obsession with her partner has faded. And she has now developed what we call a healthy detachment from his disease. Finally, she's able to find and swim in her own lane and still love by giving of herself without giving herself away. So what have we learned today? One, any family who has an active addict or alcoholic in their midst is vulnerable to codependency, and this is without exception. Two, codependents are best defined as people whose lives have become unmanageable as a result of living with an alcoholic or an addict in a committed relationship. Three, Codependents are tied to their alcoholic or addict by an emotional chain, which means they are only okay when their addict is okay. The codependent spouse of the addict or alcoholic feels overly responsible for every aspect of her spouse's well-being and neglects her own needs. Four, families where the disorder is active learn to stuff their thoughts and feelings. Don't talk, don't trust, don't feel becomes the unspoken mantra. And five, the codependent can indeed liberate herself from her spouse's disorder, whether her spouse is still using or drinking or not. She can begin her recovery with the help of professionals and with the loving guidance of a sponsor in Al-Anon. Thank you for tuning in today. It's my fervent hope we've given you new insight and new hope that will lighten your burden. For our hearts go out to all who suffer the effects of addictive disorder. Please give us your feedback at info at safehouserehab.com. By all means, ask us any question you like, and we'll answer on air, if you will. And if you want to leave us your first name and city, we'll recognize you too, of course. This podcast is sponsored by safehouserehab.com, where we take a modern approach to recovery, something all families of those who suffer deserve. Tune in next week for more. Thank you.